Hello, boys and girls. Welcome to the Big Honker Podcast. We appreciate everybody that's tuning in. Check us out. We're up on YouTube now. Like and subscribe. I've got to say that. It's what you say when you got things on YouTube. So with Big Honker Podcast on YouTube, all episodes will be going to there in their visual form. Ah, rejoice, ladies and gentlemen, because the Looking Glass Duck Club has fired back up. They're rocking and rolling, Jeffrey. Doing two episodes a month, I believe is what it is for now. And then the pressure will be on, and then we'll be up to and four. And the pressure will be on. There'll, and, there'll be a once-a-week podcast before it's all said and done. They'll cave. They'll cave. I was the insider on this, and he never <laughs> gave, me any comp, gave me no credit on this at all. And I told you. Like, you did. Jeff, you don't know, Jeff. You don't. Jeff knows. Jeff you, knows. You called it. You called it about a month ago. You said they'll they'll be back. Yep. I thought you were just being a prick tease to all these people. No, but, I, I had vital information. But they are back. You can check them out. You have to pay via Patreon, and then you can get access to old episodes, new episodes, and all that stuff. The bourbon reviews are free uh, wherever you listen to podcasts. So, but they are back, and a lot of people are excited. So go check them out. Looking Glass Duck Club podcast. Also, we're brought to you by Bangtail Whiskey. It is beautiful, beautiful whiskey. Ships straight to your door. You, if you can't find it at your liquor store, all you got to do is go to their website, Bangtail Whiskey, and they will deliver it to you. It is it is very, very good whiskey. Brandon Bing done a great job on his whiskey. It's very, very popular and growing and gets shipped to you directly, so bangtailwhiskey.com. It's very smooth and has a nice finish. They should call it the Andy. Let's, let's maybe they'll name one after you. Next, let's talk about Stanfield Hunting Outfitters real quick. I'm not going to plug much about us. I've got some specials that I'm running. Holler at me. I'm going to do a three man hunt. December 14, 15, and 16. Three man, big honker podcast hunt. Be three morning goose hunts, lodging, breakfast, or lodging and meals for a thousand dollars a person. You got to hunt all three days. That's December 14, 15, and 16. And that's it, StanfieldHuntingOutfitters.com, or just holler at me, but it's going to be opening. I've got a spot for 8 to 12 guys. Can't beat it. That's come what, out and see us. Yep, come be, see us. Hopefully we get some old man winter, old man winter and uh, be nice. Goose Creek Retrievers. Woo! Goose Creek Retrievers. We had Matt Peel on not too long ago. Um, they've got a program for every dog of every age of every skill set. I mean, if you're – if you've got that new puppy and you're not wanting to do all the uh, housebreaking and potty training and all that stuff, Matt's got a program. You can send them up there and they'll take care of it. Um, other than that, they've—I mean—they're training dogs all the time, field trial dogs, hunt test dogs, and uh, just regular old working dogs. So check them out at Goose Creek Retrievers and uh, tell them that the Big Honker Podcast Boys sent you. But it is time to get your dog ready. It's hunting season will be here. I guess uh, waterfowl season's only about, what, six months away? Oh, no, it's closer to Five now. months away if you talk about uh, September, September 1. September 1, basically. So we're a little bit under. That's actually not much time. So if, you, uh, if you're needing your, your dog trained, you better get on the horn. 138 days. That's not many, but... Just enough time for new puppies. Check them out, Goose Creek Retrievers. Also, we're brought to you by Gundog Outdoors. So if you do decide to do this alone and you're going to train your Fido all by yourself, you need some tools. Gundog Outdoors has a new bumper that uh, I would highly recommend you looking at. They've also got safety equipment for your dog. They've got a quick-release system, which I think every dog uh, I think every dog owner should have in their arsenal because all it takes is one-time breaking, and it's a bad day all of a sudden. So um, They've got a field trauma kit that I highly recommend everybody have in their hunting bag or in their pickup. Uh, stop, stop, uh, stop the bleeding, stay warm, 
whatever you need. It kind of covers all your bases. So check them out at Gundog Outdoors and uh, take care of your four-legged hunting buddy. We're also brought to you by Pacific Calls. BHP 25 will save you 25% off at checkout. It's turkey season. They've got a brand new crystal slate out, and that thing purrs the turkey love language. You can go to PacificCustomCalls.com. Um, they're also kind of reworking the 206, which is a Lesser Canada call that I really, really like. That's my go-to Canada call. And uh, that will drop uh, summertime. So they got a lot of cool things going on over at Pacific Calls. But like I said, it is turkey season, and uh, you need a new one. This new crystal slate is the kitten's mitten. So check them out at PacificCustomCalls.com. And let's go over to Blind Grass. Not just a grass company. Nope. When you... If you're in a boat or in water, dry bags, gun bags, anything that will keep your your valuables dry is what you need, and they have all that. And they also have grass systems for your damn layout blinds, your boat, whatever it is. It's not going to get heavy. It's not going to mold, and it's at blindgrass.com. And it, it'll save you having to rebrush your blind every day. So it's a synthetic material. It goes right onto your blind just like regular grass, but it doesn't break and it doesn't rot, and uh, it's 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 what you need to do your uh, A-frame or your boat once and forget about it. So check them out at blindgrass.com. We're also brought to you by Dive Bomb Industries, the leader in silhouette manufacturing 2021. It's time to get skinny, right, Jeff? Yep, go to the Squad Fest, get skinny. They call it being a Stanfield now, <laughs> getting skinny. <laughs> Uh, they, uh, they've, they've got everything. They've got everything from silhouettes to floaters, uh, you name it, they've got it. <clears throat> and, uh, the bags are, it's, it's what set them apart in my mind from other silhouette companies, because I like to say organized and dive bomb just facilitated that. So check them out. Dive bomb industries and, you know, come to squad fish June 10th, 11th and 12th in St. Louis and come by and see us. Get entered into the calling contest, a lot of prizes. So or the cornhole throwing contest. Whatever. Some more my speed. Yeah. We're also brought to you by Boss Shot Shells. Boss Tom. Oof. Does it do a number on them? It is ugly, ugly, ugly what Boss Tom does to that to that gobbler at the end of your barrel. They also sell bismuth, copper plated bismuth. And do not wait until the last minute to get your shotgun shells ordered this year. Um, with some of the shortages that we've seen and su- the supply chain being broken, if you wait till the last minute, you might not get shotgun shells. So go to BossShotShells.com and get what you're going to need for turkey season. Uh, my understanding is they did not make just a whole lot of Boss Tom. So if you want some of that, you better get on the horn with Brandon or Meg and get it coming your way at BossShotShells.com. We're also brought to you by Dirty Duck Coffee. If your coffee sucks, it ain't the duck. All made here in Texas. That's how I start my morning every day, with a fresh cup of the duck. High velocity. Gets my day going just right. They'll ship it straight to your door. You can support the Dirty Duck Coffee family and uh, start your morning off right with Dirty Duck Coffee. They also have good-looking swag there at Dirty Duck. They've got uh, a shirt that's really, really cool. Got Mr. Clint Eastwood. It's a Missouri boat ride shirt and uh, would look good in any hunting collection. So check them out, Dirty Duck Coffee. Last but not least, we're brought to you by Lucky Duck, the best A-frame on the market. By far, four grown men. They've also got some of the best spinners that I've ever seen. They're waterproof, works with the remote. 
Uh, no more having to get up to turn it on. No more. If it takes a plunge, you can't use it anymore. They figured it out. Lucky Duck is the way to go. They also sell turkey decoys. So if you're into that uh, turkey hunting, check them out, luckyduck.com. This episode of the podcast, we're joined by Jordan Bruning. He is a Idaho waterfowl hunter. Good guy. Very, very fun podcast. And uh, hope you enjoy it. Here he is, Jordan Bruning. Here we go. Three, two, one. Boom, and welcome to the Big Honker Podcast brought to you by Boss Shot Shells. I am the not-so-famous Jeff Stanfield sitting with the world-famous dickhead Andy Shaver. How are you doing, Andy? I am doing excellent. Got my protein shake over here, Jeff. Feeling good. You look like your little brother over there shaking that protein (laughs) shake up. Why? Zach's just fucking chotch just like you are in that shit. We're drinking a fucking protein shake? Uh, The way y'all shake that son bitch up. I don't like the fucking clumps in it. Well, don't drink the shit. Have you ever like gotten a big gulp of protein shake and had a fucking clump in it? Who the fuck listens to this think I'm drinking a goddamn protein shake anyway? Have you ever had anything where it was clumpy and you're like, ugh. It'll it'll fuck with your gag yeah, reflex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it. I like it beat up. All right, our guest today from Pocatello, Idaho, Mr. Jordan Bruning. Jordan, how you doing? Doing good. How are you guys this morning? Well, I'm dealing with Andy, and it's a Monday morning. All for I drinking a fucking that. protein shake. I don't. I don't get it, Jordan. Does Jordan look like the kind of man that's drinking protein shakes? No, that motherfucker's roping cattle, <laughs> fucking working his ass off. Look at him. <laughs> I don't know about the roping cattle part. Not anymore. He's a Western cowboy. You can tell by looking at him. Got that big old chin on him and stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you and Clay Reed. Glass. Got that glass jaw. Only takes one. I'll go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jordan, what do you do in Idaho? I'm a industrial plant mechanic. I started out at welding pipe and traveled a couple states around. and Now I'm stuck at a chemical plant about an hour and a half away, maintenance mechanic there. Hey, did you, it's kind of off topic, but did you see that the pipeline uh, that supplies 45% of all the, all the oil and gas for the East coast went down like some, some, some ransom, uh, like some cyber attack shut them down and they're not going to give them the passcode to all their shit unless they pay the ransom. You're fucking, all of our gas prices are about to go through the fucking roof. Holy shit, that's crazy. I hadn't heard that. Well, there's 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 quite the conspiracy theory on that already. Oh. Fuck, and it just happened this morning. How's there already no, a conspiracy theory? No, it didn't happen. It happened Saturday. Oh. The conspiracy theory is is that our good old Biden administration is involved in it because they want to keep the thumb on people. Now, who the fuck would expect that to be a shock? Would you be surprised? I wouldn't be. I don't trust our government, so who knows? What's your gas up? What's your gas prices in Idaho now? Been right around three bucks, three oh five. It's about we're we're a hair under. We're like two ninety. So yeah, they here said, in town, you go out a couple forty fifty miles, you'll start climbing up a little bit. Oh no shit! Sure. 
They say it's yeah. going to be five to six dollars on the East Coast pretty quick if this don't they don't get this fixed. They said that I heard they were talking about it on the radio coming out here. They said that uh, it's they either they're in either in negotiations with the people mm-hmm. or they've already come to a cash settlement with them. And the people that are doing this now, this is the media saying this. They're a Robin Hood type. They 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 do this stuff to these big corporations, they make them pay this big settlement, then they give all the money to charity. Now, I don't know if that's true or not. Do we have a charity yet, Jeff? I'm trying to get one right now. <laughs> that's the only way we're going to make it, Jordan. we got to get this fucking charity off the ground. So, in, in, <laughs> I hear you there. So, anyways, who, who knows what's happening if they do say gas prices are going to go up. But I don't trust our government, so it wouldn't surprise me if they were involved anyways. So. This happened to the city of Austin with their water treatment, I think. If I'm not mistaken, a couple years ago, maybe. Well, Austin, Texas, and Pocatello, Idaho, the two destinations for everybody from California, right, Jordan? California and Utah. That's, Everybody's moving. That's crazy. What? How big is Pocatello? Uh, I think the population signs like 55,000, but then right across the interstate, actually, where I live in Chubbuck, there's got to be another 2530. I'm not sure on the numbers. It's way too damn big for me to be here. I know that. Where did, where did you grow up at? About 120 miles straight west of here, a little area called Hunt, Idaho. It, uh, I actually grew up bordering uh, prison, war, World War II camp, internment camp. In the 40s, would have been like 40, 40 to 45, they had a couple thousand Japanese prisoners there. No shit. I yep, grew up right next to it. Holy fuck. So, so did you grow up... How far from Twin Falls did you grow up? So Twin Falls would be by far the biggest town cl- close to where I did, and that's about 40 miles. I grew up on the north side of the Snake there. So now, where is Twin Falls? Is that close to where Evil Knievel did his jump? Yeah, yep, absolutely. It's just west of the bridge, or east of the bridge, excuse me, about two miles probably. You can still see it. I have a friend of mine, Chris Pruitt, that's been on the podcast with us, and he lived in Twin Falls for a long time. He loved it. He says his favorite place he'd ever lived. or lived. Yeah, it's a beautiful area. I mean, you don't get to see kind of the desert, high desert landscape like that and have a great big canyon ripped through there with lots of water. Twin Falls Bridge is called the Prine, and it's pretty... It's a pretty famous photography place, and they base jump off of it. Every day in the summer, there'll be base jumpers jumping off that bridge. It's it's a cool area for sure. Now, the base jumping, that's the one where they have the parachute on their back, and then they just fall and rip the cord? Yep. Fuck that. Yep. And I don't know what would be scarier, base jumping or, like, bungee jumping? Well, bungee jumping, at least you hope that little strap holds you. I, I don't know. Have you done any of that? No. Never will. <laughs> yeah. See? Andy's uh-huh. Andy's wife told me she wants to jump out of a fucking airplane, and I think she's lost her damn mind. I'm not doing that. I get, with my work, heights don't really bother me, but why take one more chance? I'd rather get paid for it. You want to pay me, I'll jump out of an airplane. How about that? I had a weird dream, and I don't know if it was the, the talk the other night about jumping out of the airplane, but, like, I had a dream last night about just something weird. Like, I was up in the... It was, uh, I was at a football game and I was walking up the bleachers and then like it just fucking ended. And for some reason, like I would just, I would just cower down to the heights. I don't know. I don't know if it was the airplane talk know. at dinner or what it was. We're fixing to get on a plane in a month as a family. So just stop that shit. Uh, yeah, that's so, um, uh, now Idaho, 
don't know much about Idaho. The only place in Idaho I've been is around Coeur d'Alene, which is one of the prettiest places I've seen. It's Yuppie Center, too, though. So, is there a lot of water in southern Idaho, or is it pretty pretty limited? There is. I mean, you have the snake run in from up by Yellowstone, runs clear across what they call the Snake River Plain. For the most part, farm ground and sagebrush on either side of it, about clear across the state. I might be wrong on this, but I'm not pretty positive that I think Idaho has more rivers than anywhere else in the United States, as far as mileage. So I could be way off. Maybe that's something I didn't hear, but we got quite a bit of water down here. Well, y'all are a big state. I mean, you're, 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 you're wide and you're real tall there for a little bit, and it's kind of thin at the little top at the Panhandle area. It's like my penis. <laughs> do you, <laughs> do you uh, God damn. Do you, uh, do you hunt most of the rivers where you do your waterfowl? Because I saw you, because you have some cool shit on, I think it's Instagram or Facebook. I've seen videos of you got just tons of greenheads. So are you shooting, are you hunting rivers? Yeah, mostly. Yeah. Predominantly in Idaho and the southern half, you're going to be somewhat involved with the snake, with the snake. Hunting a snake or hunting a river that feeds into it. A lot of, a lot of the time, also, you can get into irrigation canals that will run, you know, usually from the start of season. You might get a few weeks, and then they'll shut the irrigation canals off. But with all that extra water through the spring and the summer for all the farm ground, you end up getting quite a few locals and birds that nest nest around here. And you can get some hunting opportunity off of that also. Now, is the snake a fairly, like, tame river to hunt on? You're not going to run into any anything... You know, too treacherous. Does the water run a lot, or is it pretty pretty chill? I think we lost him. Maybe not. Jordan, are you there? Area. I mean, there he is. Okay. Obviously, there's certain areas. Hold on, Jordan. You're breaking up. It's probably okay. it's probably the weather here in Texas. Okay, you there? Yep, there you are. Okay, all right. Yep. We'll we'll redo that question. Is the is the snake a pretty uh, pretty tame river to hunt, or is it is it kind of squirrely spots? It all depends where you're at. I mean, it, it'll kill you. There's some really sketchy areas on it, and it all depends on the water, how it's flowing. Down where I grew up, west of here, you can't run a boat in a lot of areas, and we used to hike down into the canyon. I don't know if you could pull up a picture, but it, it's a big dang canyon. And just even hiking down into there is pretty dangerous. But you can get into areas that boats can't run, and wading it can be pretty sketchy. You can be shin deep water and take one step, and you just got to feel your way everywhere. Other places, you get into some big irrigation reservoirs that are on the snake. They just dam it up to hold more water and you ought to be careful with the wind. You can get caught out there in some storms. And one lake here close to town is 20 miles, 20 miles long. By the time the wind's blowing down there, 20 miles, the waves up on this end can be pretty dang big and sketchy. Damn They'll sink shit. a couple boats out here every year. On the Snake. On the Snake River, yep. Plus, guys, don't know the river down where I grew up a lot. They'll be running it. And Going 25, 30, loaded down with the boat, too many people in it, hit a sandbar, put everybody in the water. Yeah, that'd be a fucking way to wake up in the morning. Now you I've been there been there one time, and it's not enjoyable. 
you were just hauling ass and hit that sandbar and ass over tea kettle, huh? Well, I was sitting right up in the front of the boat. And we were going probably 30. We didn't actually have that much gear in the boat. Cut one corner a little too sharp, and I went rock skipping out there about 15, 20 feet. Rock skipping. The waders up. <laughs> I was in high school. Luckily, poured, poured the water out and ended up hunting the rest of the day. Damn cold. <laughs> <laughs> what's worse like land, rock skipping over the water or like the sandbar being fucking big enough and you just taking a face full of dirt on the sandbar well the boat hit the sandbar and i made it out i made it across so the shittiest part of all of it's not being able to swim that good and wearing waders <laughs> but then we end up half it took quite a bit of work to get the boat shoved back up off the sandbar and it was just a great big shit show oh fuck i can imagine i mean if you're going 30 miles an hour shit you're gonna run that thing i don't know how far but i'm just guessing you're gonna run it up 20 feet or so it's a 20 foot jet boat with a big motor on it we were screaming up through there it took it took an hour or two at least to get it shoved off there so now you got a speckle belly behind you on the wall are y'all y'all have that y'all can y'all shoot eight specs a day where you're at where i'm at i believe the the uh, limit is 10 and where i live on this side of the state and also where i grew up i've been waterfowl hunting for 21 years and i've never seen 10 in a season far on the western side of the state up by boise they kill a lot of specs I I want to talk to some fucker that shoots ten per day because everybody we talk to says the same thing. They can shoot ten per day, but they don't have them. It's like us. They, yeah, that's crazy. I mean, yeah, they they could make our limit ten tundras tundra swans a day, and it ain't gonna fucking matter because we ain't gonna kill them. Right. So I was just curious. I saw that speck. I wondered if you got in. So around Boise, they shoot a bunch of specks. Then. Yep, and up towards Ontario, Oregon, they they kill quite a few through there. That this spec's actually from California. We've killed a few up here. I think in 13 years, we're up to like six or seven in my area that we've killed. Do you travel to California very On often? Do you go to California I very don't. often? I have, you're kind of cutting up. Sorry. No, no, no. I was just asking. Do you go to uh, California to hunt often? I don't. I it's, it's been several years since I've been down there. I have a brother that lives down there and. I think he's been there 14 or 15 years, and he's just finding out where he can go, and he's getting in on a little bit of access. I've hunted down there five or six different times with some friends, and this spec came off of a hunt down there. That's the best spec I've ever killed. That's a fucking, that's a beautiful spec for sure. Um, is he, is your brother in uh, Northern California or Southern California? Northern California. Little, so- well, big town, but it's off of. A suburb off Sacramento to the north called Woodlands. So the people, so before we started recording this, you said a lot of people from California are coming to Idaho. Are they people from Southern California? Are they people from like Northern California that, you know, maybe they get a little bit of winter, but you said your winters aren't that bad in Idaho anymore. They're not that bad probably because I'm used to them, but we do get some weather. It's just, we don't seem to get the snow like we have been. 2016 was our last real good snow year it seemed like and the hunting was good and it was dang cold but i have a toyota tundra and i actually all the snow i shoveled all winter long was higher than the cab of my pickup we we don't get that very often but back to the california people it 
seems like they're from all over. It, my brother has lots of friends moving out of NorCal and Southern California. I know we're getting some people up here, but see, like I don't blame them. When, when you hear about people moving from California, Austin makes sense. Like that's a that's a no brainer. Weather's pretty nice in Austin. Do you want me to um, do the math for you real quick on why it's happening? I can make it real simple for no, you. No, but what I'm saying is, is Austin seems like a logical step for somebody from California because the politics are roughly the same, the weather's nice. Taking somebody from California and moving them to Idaho seems like you might as well be moving them to fucking Mars. Can I go now? You I'll, may, to, I'll make go it ahead. real simple for you. You live in Southern California around Los Angeles, and you sell your house for a million and a half dollars for a house about the size of me and mom's house. Mm-hmm. You sell for me and have dollars. You go to Idaho and you go to a small town in Idaho and you buy you a place for about two hundred thousand dollars. When you get away from the bigger cities and you put a million dollars in the bank, and that's what a lot of the older people are retiring and doing. Is that correct, now, Jordan? Absolutely. See, I mean, you you hit the nail on the head. They can pay higher prices and drive the market up around here to where I can't afford to move anywhere else, and they're moving to these small towns and. A lot of guys, I don't know if it's with the COVID shit or if they've just made so much money, a lot of them aren't working, it seems like. You just, you don't know how it's possible they have what they have and they don't seem to be working. They live off that equity they had from selling that overpriced shit around San Francisco. It's happening everywhere. We've had three homes in Knox City that sold to people that have come from out west. And a lot of them have actually moved here from, we've had two families have moved, or not families, or older retired people moved from Montana. And I think they were both around the Bozeman area, and they sold their homes for a shitload of money to somebody from California. And they come to Knox City, and they buy a house bigger than the one they had or the same size for a 5% of what they gave for it, and then they have extra money to put in their kitty. And that's happening all the time. And a lot of people in California that are 40 years old have worked somewhere for 20 years, and especially if they work for a municipality, they're getting retirement. Mm-hmm. And they're retiring on California wages and living somewhere else, and they're living like a king. Plus, Idaho would be a good place to live. I mean, it's beautiful there. You got three months of weather, really. A lot of them ski anyway, so they don't care. They like the winter stuff. But Idaho, Montana, I bet, are going to be in those areas are going to be two of the bigger growing states we have over the next twenty to thirty years. People are getting yeah. plus people are getting sick of being in the fucking cities. But I, I would have never thought of Pocatello, Idaho, is growing the way it is. Yeah, it's crazy. I've been here 13 years, and I used to hunt geese back here, not very far, subdivision. I mean, it just, it's growing every year. It's getting wild. See, and that's, that's what, that's what. Boise is the same. Boise, Boise is the same? Falls everywhere, yeah. That's what killed, yeah. uh, that's what killed Katie down in, down in southern Texas. Yeah, they, they yep. took Fucking all the subdivision. food. So you, you're only, what, a couple hours from Yellowstone? Yeah, about two and a half. So Maybe a little bit less. I'm a bear. Depends if my wife's driving her eye. I, <laughs> I understand completely on that. Do uh, y'all have a lot of bear problems where you're at, or do you have to get north of there to get into the bear problems? We don't. We don't have any grizzlies down here. I mean, you hear stories somewhat of, Every couple of years, so somebody sees something on a trail camera or whatever. But we have a few black bears down here in this corner of the state. You got to head farther north to get into the grizzlies, though. I saw where a fi- uh, uh, fishing guide got ate up the other day in Yellowstone by a grizzly, and then they had yeah. a, they had a grizzly kill a couple of kids or a, a lady and two kids, Colorado or somewhere just the other day. Also, what? Yeah, fuck. 
getting hungry. There, there ain't nothing to mess with. You wouldn't catch me. I ain't hunting up there. No, nah, fuck no. Mm-mm. Do you have mountain lions in your area? We do, tons, actually. Sure. The fishing game, actually, has kind of waged war on them this year for the first time because the way lion hunts have worked is certain areas have a quota. And I have a lot of friends that are houndsmen and chase cats. I, I've gone a few times, but it's been several years since I've been involved. But what, let's just say, for instance, one area they'll allow five females and five males to be harvested. <laughs> Those quotas were being met within the weekend of it opening. Right. Our cat numbers have just skyrocketed, and it, sho- it shoved the deer and elk herd in my area of the state really down. They've been getting hammered on by the cats. and The fishing game actually opened it up for this coming fall that there's no quota. It's going to be interesting to see if there's any method to the madness. and They kill un- the unlimited number of cats. It'll be interesting to see how it all shakes out. I wonder if mountain lions breed like cats do, because we got this little whore cat on our block, and that bitch is knocked up about three times a year. And so, do I wonder if mountain lions, how often they have by kittens? You know, I'm not, I wouldn't say but one litter a year, and I don't know that for certain. I'd imagine it's about like anything. It, I, maybe you lose some kittens, you might come back in. I'm not sure. That's something that grizzly bears do. A lot of people might not understand that. A sow will have cubs, and a big boar will come around and kill them cubs to bring her back in. Yeah, that's right. Yep, that's exactly right. I'm not sure if I'm not sure if a lion does that or not. Every, don't every two years, I mean, it says individual female mountain lions usually give birth every two years, mating throughout the year in northern parts of their range. Mating is more concentrated. December to March. So do you see cats very often? Like uh, just on your daily tracks, how often do you see a cat in a year? Very seldomly do I. But I have friends that live in this area. I actually don't big game hunt within about two and a half hours of where I live. But when I'm deer and elk hunting, I'm up farther north. But my friends that live in this area, they're starting to see three or four cats every hunting season. And that is not normal. You shouldn't see cats. I mean, I've been out in the outdoors my whole life, and in Idaho, I have seen two lions in my whole life, and they've both been in the headlights of the truck in the middle of the night driving. That's interesting. I hear them turkey hunting this spring. We had a lion scream. I have my 10-year-old and my 8-year-old hiking in with me in the dark, and my wife and about 100 yards away from us, one let out a big old, big old yell, and we ended up going and hunting that morning sun come up started raining like crazy we backtracked out the same trail and that cat had cut our tracks been walking right in it 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 had been close to us damn see i'm not i'm not into that i would i think i've always wanted to go on it i really don't care about shooting one with a dog but i'd like to see that i think that'd be interesting to watch them trail them and uh those dogs do amazing work and them, them dumb dogs will climb the tree after the cat if they can get up in them Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yep, no. I got buddies that get dogs tore up every year a little bit. That's something that I've always struggled with, that aspect of it. Yeah, I can't imagine that the dog's life being a very uh, fun life and probably not a very long life. Yeah, you'd be surprised. Some, Some live quite a long time. I mean, 
I don't think they'd want it either any other way. Just like you or I, you want to be doing what you want to be doing and love, you know, but. Well, that's true too. They definitely do get hammered on sometimes. And it's just so interesting that a cat is afraid of a dog like that. Like you got to fuck it. It's an apex predator. Like if it wanted to, it'd just haul out of that tree and eat the fuck out of that dog. A bear's the same way though. Bear dogs. I've seen dogs where they run dogs on bears and bears are scared to death of dogs. It's just crazy. Yep. You wouldn't, we're, you wouldn't still, that. we're still allowed to hound hunt here in Idaho for lions and bears, but with all the Californians moving, I just hope that we get to keep our hunting heritage for while we can before they start pushing for alternative things around here. Let me ask you this, kind of change the subject, but really not. Are you worried about the federal government stopping hunting on federal lands in the future? I, I can see it. I mean... Oh, yeah, I'm worried about everything. You just don't know with all the turmoil in the world how everything's going to shake out. I mean, we half the state of Idaho is BLM, federal land. I, I don't know how they can keep you from being able to do it. Last I just, time I still checked, this was America, and we still had a few rights, but it seems like every day we're losing something. But we are, and I, I really am concerned about that. I think if they don't do it during COVID, they're not going to do it. They, they've got the perfect out right now with COVID if they don't want people on federal land. You're right. Yeah. I, I just feel like that they're going to just. So I think as COVID continues to decrease, that can kind of I hope you're right. go away. I'm just worried about I'm the right. gun deal. Like I could see where they'd say the only way you're going to hunt on federal land is if you have a bow and arrow. And next thing they're going to say is you got to have face paint on and wear some chaps and run around and do it. I just don't. I don't trust I don't. our government. I don't. I, I think you're reading way too much into it. I hope you're right. I am right. We'll see. You've you've been right two times in four years, Count so maybe it, this will be the three, third. Jeff. Make it three, because they are taking away more and more of our stuff. What? And name, name something. What they are they taking, taking away? away? Well, yeah, go you got to wear a fucking face mask. You can't fly. Not some, in Texas. There are other places in the United States you have to. Okay, that's the state government. I'm not. I, I'm I'm waiting for this big laundry list of shit that they've taken away from us. Well, they've taken away a lot of our rights. <laughs> you, you, you can't no, use you your gun. They're trying just. to take guns away right now. Are they not? Are they not? They've been doing if that. The Democrats, we, if the Democrats got their way on everything, we, we wouldn't can do have the, fucking we can thing. Do the, we can do this when we're done with Jordan. Yeah, Jordan. I'm, I, Jordan's lucky on this, so he's getting out of this. <laughs> yeah. So, so Jordan, tell me about your uh, – you do a lot of you, – you've got some good video and shit. <clears throat> These, I saw a video you had of a canal or a lake or something. Was it a canal that had just tons of mallards all over it? Is that a pretty common sight when y'all have snow and weather up there? It is. I mean, if I remember the video that you would have been seeing, that was a kind of an extraordinary situation for that area because that is that's got to be twenty miles from an agricultural field. The only reason why that water was running that late in the season is. They've been diverting some water the last few years to recharge the aquifer in the ground. And so normally that canal in that situation, those birds wouldn't have been there. And those birds were just passing through. And that was a deal where out coyote hunting just come around the corner and season was closed and that place was just jam packed. But you will find big pockets of birds. It, but it, it's not a normal occurrence to see something like that at all. Are you killing mostly greenheads is what you're killing in the winter? I am. And a lot of that is by choice. I mean, I don't hunt in great big groups. I don't 
for the most part, a lot of the time I'll have a buddy or two, sometimes four, but for the majority, it's probably two or three of us. And I usually have both of my kids every time I go hunting. And Good for you. You can shoot widgeons, and we get a lot of pintails early season and late. And get a lot of gadwalls, but for the most part, we're mainly after mallards. That I have a couple buddies that they'll whack a widgeon if you ain't watching them close, which is fine. <laughs> but now I have a hard time if you're only after 21 ducks and you have a little, plenty of opportunity. You might as well try killing a greenhead, in my opinion. But. So you can kill seven mallards out there. Yep, seven a day. God almighty. Well, the people on the East Coast are going to shit all over themselves now. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so it's you. Yours is seven, seven ducks. Yep. It can be. Well, you have all your fed. You, you have all your federal. You know, one pintail, two hen mallards, but seven total. You, you, you shoot seven hen widgeons, seven gadwalls, four well, green heads. But yeah. what I'm asking you is, like, here, you can only shoot, like, five mallards, and then you can shoot a bonus duck. You can shoot six ducks, only five can be mallards. Is it that way, or can you shoot seven mallards where you are? No, I kill seven greenheads all the time. Oh, okay. So that's why you don't want to shoot a widgeon. See, like us, it makes sense to shoot a widgeon because that would round yeah. out your limit at six. Absolutely. And don't get me wrong, there's some days it's slow, and I'll whack me one. But if it's good, I like to hold out. I mean, you Sure. Just like anything, you got to strive to have something different or a goal to shoot for. But. Yeah, no, no, I, I, I get it now. I mean, it makes more sense now that uh, now that I'm clear on on your limit. Can you uh, can you use like spinners and all that good stuff up there, or is that? Uh... Yeah, we can. Yeah, we do. I I don't run them like everybody else does. You don't? That's, I don't. In a dry cornfield, I will. Late season, down where I grew up, 100 miles west, you get on a big mallard feed out in a cornfield, I will run one. What do you but do? A lot, of, a lot of time on the water, that's the last thing you're going to see here in my spread. How, how many decoys you run on a water spread? Well, I, it can vary. Sometimes I'll run three floaters, and I've had 40 dozen now. I like the, <laughs> three, I like the three hunt. Yeah, the crazy thing about that is that can be just as effective as 30 dozen, I can promise you that. Nobody does it late in the season. They're sick of seeing different big spreads and seeing a lot of spinners in the water, and I like to change it up. So you pair, you pair back. instead. A lot of people put the pedal to the metal and <laughs> multiply their spread. You you drastically pull back. Absolutely. A lot of I'm hunting a heavy, heavy pressured area. Yeah. A lot of the time, the best thing you can do is leave your calls in the truck, maybe take a Drake whistle and just show them something different. When, when you're putting, when you're running just three decoys, how big a body of water are you hunting on? A lot of the time, about a 15 foot creek. Oh yeah. 15, 15 foot wide, put them right out in the middle. and. That would be a really cool hunt. Yeah. That would be a cool hunt. Sometimes hunting smaller cricks, I mean, one one or two steps wide, a lot of the problem is there's so much vegetation that the birds can't really see it. And there, there'll be a few, like, there's there's always an X everywhere you hunt. A lot of the time you can't make it in there and you can't hunt, can't hunt the X on a crick because the vegetation, you just can't get in there and or see, and they just come straight down in on the top of it. But Did you usually uh... just... Go, Go ahead. ahead. Uh, did you see that video of that dive bomb had? I think it was Forrest and maybe Kyle. They were hunting a small creek, 
And, like, it's just, like you said, a step or two across. And those fucking mallards, it, they were straight up and then straight down. I bet yep. the shots weren't five five yards. Absolutely. But we get in on a lot of that style of hunting. Same thing. That was over in Wyoming. Was it? But, yep. I saw the video, and we we get to hunt a lot of stuff like that. Some some actual hot springs, a lot of the water don't freeze. I mean, creek two-step wide, it never freezes. Pretty neat deal. Yeah, that's interesting that you wouldn't think that that would be the case. You figure it'd be locked up. Yep. And, and only because it's moving. I mean, them little cricks, they'll they'll make a big S bend and they'll they'll fill an oxbow up and that'll be froze. But for the most part, the water's just warm enough in a few areas that it stays open. Yeah. So. That that's uh, that's interesting. I've never got to experience that style of hunting, but it looks like a hell of a good time. It's fun, man. I I grew up hunting big Canadas down in the farm ground where I grew up. I come up here 13 years ago, and I've slowly kind of transitioned out of it, raising a family, and I'm busy with work all week. A a honker hunter around here with the pressure anymore, you need to have permission by about Tuesday or Wednesday if you plan on hunting Saturday. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of taken me out of that ball game, but I sure love chasing ducks. It's pretty fun. That would be a really interesting way to hunt them, too. Yeah. Um, so you were a honker hunter. Has, has the transition been difficult? No. I mean, I still get to kill a few geese up here. It's just not the same one. Down where I grew up, my my old man sold farm equipment for 30 years, and we could get in on some good access and pretty much get a play where we wanted. And I'm still best friends to this day with our actual kind of old rival group that we were hunting the same area. I'm best friends with them and now and get to go hunting with them. So it's all worked out pretty good. Y'all were rivals? I I, yeah, kind of. Oh, yeah, rubbing shoulders in the same neck of the woods, trying to get on the same stuff all the time. But <laughs> What y'all oh. used to do to one another? Anything dirty? No. Oh, no. My old man, it, he wouldn't stand for that shit. Pretty good example. We didn't, we didn't do nothing like that. A little bit of shit talk's okay. Yeah. Yeah, but. that's all right. But none of this, none of this stuff you're seeing anymore, man. It it makes me pretty sad. You know, I got an eight year old. This was his first year hunting. He shot a limit of all mallards this year with his four ten. Well, that's awesome. Just some of the stuff that he's that he's seen. People rolling in on top of us in a boat. And we're already set up, and they say, "Well, we're gonna hunt here because we made it here." And I mean, we've been set up for forty five minutes. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of dumb shits going on in the waterfowl world. It's pretty sad. Guys, guys will have permission out here on a field off the reservoir, and the Bureau of Reclamation owns the whole bluff line pretty much around this reservoir in the area. And you can get on an access road, and they'll pass you the geese going into these other fields into these guys set up. And it's just doing them dirty. It, it ain't good for anybody. Lack of respect. Is what Absolutely. It is. It's uh, it's gone. It's it's dying. That's the sad part. You you know, <clears throat> twenty five years ago, I was guiding to hunt, and the birds, everything from the south that was coming to me, would get to the edge of the field. And it's a big field. It's a about a section of land has like four pivots on it. And I was on the very far end, and they'd get right to where we were going to go, and they'd get about a mile off, and they'd start cutting and going west of me all the time. And I couldn't figure it out because it was a hot. It was the X. 
the birds from the north would just come right in and dump right in and we'd shoot them well i'm watching the birds to the west and they kept cutting and we had a hard south wind it was on the south end and i noticed a bird fall out of a flock and some guys had walked in from the road were trespassing was on the crp sitting there watch, shooting the birds as they come into my field well, I got fucking hot. I walked down there, and I walked them all the way to the fucking road. I was fucking pissed. Then they were going to cut across the field I was hunting in to get to their trucks. I said, fuck you. You're walking around that fucking road. You're not cutting through my fucking field. The guy was getting paid and had customers. No, I was fucking hot. <laughs> but, but, but that's the first time I encountered it, and that was 25 years ago. And it has progressively gotten worse. Now you can't get in out here anywhere without being an outfitter, so it helps us a bunch. But I see this stuff on on all social media and it just amazes me the guys that think it's okay to do this stuff like you're saying i can't imagine yep. riding up and you and your family are sitting there and got decoy set up and well, we're hunting here we got here go somewhere yeah. else i mean just yeah it's pr pretty sad i mean <clears throat> this is in the pitch black that instance and it was actually on the last day of duck season this year it's me my 10 year old daughter and my eight-year-old boy so the headlamps or at this level. I yeah. mean, it's obvious. This guy is 15 feet from me. He ran over. He ran into some decoys. Oh, that would be fucking hot. You know, several years ago before kids, he would have had a different, he would have had a different experience himself. <laughs> it's not worth it to me anymore. We picked up, gathered our shit up, and we hauled ass about seven, 800 yards. Karma's a bitch, man. I believe in that 100%. I shot seven greenheads in about 25 minutes that morning, and he never fired a shot. You, you know uh, what you said, though, about your kids being with you and you've changed? That's a blessing for you right there. Because, Absolutely. Because a young guy would get in trouble over some shit like that. Or What's sad is, is the guy that's got kids that still would have gotten an altercation with him. You got your kids with you. It's not worth it. No. You know, that guy deserved a fucking ass whoopings what he deserved, but it, yeah. it, it wouldn't do you no good to hurt, to do that with your kids in front of you. Then you're in trouble or someone. And today some asshole shoots somebody. I mean, you see it all the time. Yeah. It's just it's, crazy anymore. It, it is. And hunters, we should be there for each other and doing shit like that is not a good move at all. Yep. And I just think of you, like I took, uh, I took Reese out turkey hunting this weekend and it's just, you know, it was just me, you know, it's a, luckily it's a private it's a private place so i didn't have to worry about anything like that but it's just like i just want to spend time with my kid and you know be out in nature and if we see some birds you know that's great like i don't I, that's the fucking last thing i want at this hour of the day like i don't want to have to deal with any drama i'm just out here with my kid i'm going to try to teach him a few things maybe connect with him and it just it's bullshit don't fucking bring your shit to me like this bro yeah absolutely i'm I don't ask for much uh, private permission as far as turkey hunting. Mm -hmm. And turkey hunting is relatively new in our area. But this year with my boy being eight and my daughter being 10, it was the first year they both could hunt. And just like you're saying, I want this to go the way that we want it to go and just be able to give them the best opportunity possible. I scouted it on Friday, and there's 117 birds on this place. Jesus. It was just a turkey party. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I'm building up excitement because, like I said, my boy, he, he's killing ducks. He killed two Canada's geese in the in the air this year at the 410. I know he's going to whack a turkey. Right. It, it's going to happen. We go and hunt the first day, and the, the roost is on the property we're hunting. 
everything goes well in the morning, we have plenty of opportunities that a little bit of excitement. I mean, bird out there, 400 yards, and we had the shotgun barrel going like that. And by the time we had that bird in there, we had gone to pieces several times. <laughs> I, I got us in on this permission, and the landowner's great, elderly man. And it was actually the first time I'd ever talked to him about it. And we ended up hunting the next evening and ran into some guys trespassing on the place, blew some birds out the following morning, four other trucks from the property next door came in and kind of boogered everything up for us. But it's just crazy that people have the balls anymore to trespass. In Idaho, you get caught, you lose your license for a year. There ain't nothing worth me losing my hunting or fishing opportunity. I got nothing to gain trespassing. That's the sad part that people will do it. Yeah, I mean, they and they won't think anything of it. Like, they'll fucking yeah, pop that fence and just fucking go all over the place. Yeah, no conscience. Like, no. Boy, believe me, I watch Onyx like a hawk. But <laughs> I got my kids trained pretty pretty crazy. My 10-year-old girl, I think she has anxiety. She'll ask me all the time, are, are, are we where we're supposed to be? Yeah. And, oh, yeah, we're good. So. so you said they kind of fell apart whenever that bird got its worked its way in? Yeah. The first day we could have killed two. The second day I put 11 toms in the decoys throughout the day and we got a couple shots off, but my goodness, the turkey fever was heavy. It, <laughs> it, it was pretty awesome. I, that day, probably in my whole life in the outdoors, those 11 birds coming in throughout the day, that was the most emotional roller coaster I've ever been on with adrenaline ever. And I wasn't the one pulling the trigger. It was pretty neat. We didn't kill a bird. So, so why do you, why do you say it was, why do you say it was like that for you? just watching them and you want it so bad for them and yeah. you're just excited getting them birds coming in and with both of them being little we weren't letting them both have guns at the same time we were just alternating them and it about worked out several times but it was just fun now did you watch the 11 birds come in or did they kind of sneak up on you and bam all of a sudden they're on you we were hunting in mainly sagebrush mm -hmm. to where where I'm sitting, I can see them coming a lot of the time, you know, a lot better than the kid can. That actually is what kind of messed us up on a few birds. Me or you sitting there on your butt, you don't realize how much more you can see. Yeah. You got a bird there 15, 20 feet, and your little guy next to you can't see him, you know. But. It, it was funny, too, because uh, I, I've hunted this property a lot, and I kind of know – I know the birds and I kind of know when it's over and I was like, eh, you know, and the wind was just insane from the time we woke up to, to the time that we left the place. The wind was just 30 miles an hour. It was nuts. Matter of fact, it was so bad. I think, um, the birds were out of the roost at dark just because I don't think that they could stay in the trees. So it gets to be about nine, nine thirty, And I, I tell my kid, I'm like, look, you know, it's, you know, the wind's pretty bad and all this other stuff. And I'm kind of laying it out. Like we're probably screwed here. And he's like, no, you know what? Let's just go another hour. And I'm like, mm, fuck, if you want to, that's fine. We can, we can definitely do that. But his little ass did not want to leave. He did not want to go back home. 1030 rolled around. He's like, yeah, you know, we can stay out here a little bit longer. I'm like, yeah, we can, but. But you ate all the fucking snacks, kid. So like, I gotta, <laughs> I gotta eat something. So, but I, I was proud of that. Like he, he didn't have, he didn't give up, and you know, for the most part, other than needing a snack about every thirty minutes, he didn't really move around a whole lot, and it was, it was pleasurable. 
So, but yeah. I, I did. I wanted it so bad for him. I, I know what you're talking about. Like, and we didn't have any birds come into the decoys. Uh, we had we had nine jakes w- go behind us. Had it been me, I could have turned around and shot one. But you know, he's got a 410, and like, it's gonna take. We're gonna have to have a bird in the decoys with the sole mission of beating the shit out of my decoy and staying there for a while. For him yep. to get a shot at a bird, like he's not going to be able to shoot at a bird just casually passing. And I did. I looked. I looked to my left, and there was nine of them. Two of them were strutting, and they stayed about thirty yards. And then they—that's exactly what they did, just right behind us, about thirty yards. And it is what it is. He got to see some birds and hear some birds, but he had a good time. But I, I know what you're talking about, man. Like you want it so bad for him. Yeah, that's fun. I- I wouldn't change having them kids outdoors for anything. It makes you love it again. Yeah. Last couple of years, it, it really has re-solidified why I love what we all enjoy to do. I mean, my kids don't give up. You teach them young, pretty crazy. All-day duck hunts. Mm-hmm. People, might, people might frown on it, but my kids have been out there all day since two and a half, three years old. Even when the weather's been bad, you got to do whatever you got to do to keep them warm. And by the time they get 10 or 11, they don't know any better. We did 21 miles this last weekend in the mountains. Kids Ooh. did every ounce of it, picking up elk horns. And yeah. They're all about it. We walked we walk three miles Saturday morning. So, and he was, he like I said, he never fucking gave up. Three miles. Yep. He bitched a little bit about, because if you're going to come, you're going to help. Like, I'm not going to carry your gun for you. I'll carry, you know, all the shit. I'll carry the decoys and all my stuff. But, like, if you're going to go, like, you're going to carry your gun. And it's just a 410 single shot. But still, like, for a five-year-old, that bitch gets heavy after about mile two. But yeah. he, he did. He carried it every mile. And he he kind of wanted to take a break here and there. But for the most part, weather, other than the wind, the weather was nice. It wasn't cold. But, you know, you got to teach your kids a little. You got to teach them about losing. I mean, it sucks. But, you know, we didn't get a turkey that day. We saw some. We had some opportunity. We worked. Didn't work out for us. It's a good lesson to learn. Like you said, with the weather thing, like a little bit of fucking mental fortitude and a little bit of mental toughness out there on some of those crappy days will go a long way for you. Like there's going to be times in your life where shit's going to be miserable. You got to have mental toughness to to plod on, to keep going. It's not always going to be 65 degrees and pleasant outside. You got to fucking, you got to man up a little bit. It's good what you're doing. Absolutely. Yeah, you as well, man. It's good to see kids out, man. That's been my number one thing last couple of years. I, I hate seeing guys around here or anywhere that I know you got three or four kids sitting at home. Like it drives mm-hmm. me absolutely batshit crazy that guys won't take their kids outdoors. Cause I mean, I've had my kids elk hunting. They pack, they've been involved in, in every aspect of it. And I get it. There's guy time. Yeah. But at the same time, that's horse shit also. Yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> It's amazing, too, the dangers that you see now that you're a parent that you didn't see when you were doing it by yourself. Like, every tree or every little crossing, I knew we were going to come up on a rattlesnake. I just fucking knew it. Getting tall grass. You know, grass, it's not tall on me, but for him, it's fucking almost waist deep. And you're like, oh, Jesus, please just don't let there be a fucking rattlesnake in here. So it's amazing the dangers that you see that you just make up in your own head that you didn't see whenever you were a single guy just running through the woods. Oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. And for yeah. and for you, the mountain lion sounding off a hundred yards away would that that'd be enough for me. Yeah, I ain't too worried about it. it. 
Well, three and a half inch to the forehead, not very far. You're pretty, you'd be fine. The, the, what you said about the people you being scared with your kids and stuff, kids are a lot more resilient than we give them credit for because my generation of kids, we done a lot of stuff on our own that people today wouldn't let their kid do. Yeah. Just because it's a different world we live in. But kids haven't changed, parenting has. And you're an old fashioned parent, both of y'all, if you're taking your kid to do stuff, because that's the way I was raised. And I went to school with kids that hunted. You know, they not all of them were waterfowl hunters, but they deer hunted with their dads and shit. We live in a town, and we live in a small town, and you'd think all small town kids hunt. There are very few of these boys out here hunt that are in high school even. Yeah. There probably isn't five kids in our high school that hunt. Well, I'll bet you 30 years ago in Knox City, Texas, half the kids hunted at least. Mm-hmm. You just don't see it. People don't want to spend their time with their children either, it seems like. And that's sad. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, it is. I mean, go ahead. No, no, no. Sorry. I don't get it. I don't. I don't. I mean, you brought them on to. The, they didn't ask to be born. I mean, you're the one that made the decision to bring them bring them into this world. Like, why would you get them here and then all of a sudden like not want to spend any time with them? You see it all the time, though. No, I I agree, but we'll, we'll go to our granddaughter's softball game tonight, and there'll be, I bet there's 15 girls on her deal, and I bet there's not 15 families there at the game. Right, and that's sad. And and it's funny because as the kids get older, there's less and less fanfare. Like when they're t-ball, it's cute and everybody goes and sees them. Well, right. by the time they get to 10, 11, 12 years old playing, a third of those parents don't even come to games anymore. They get busy and stuff. And I, I don't understand. It's the world we live in. And I don't – your children should be your number one priority. And it's good to see dads that put their kids first. And I'll bet your kids, when you do go hunt without them, are awful disappointed, aren't they? Absolutely. I mean <laughs> – I get talked to the night before, please don't go without me. I, I work a lot, so mainly I just work or uh, get to hunt the weekends, but I always save up my vacation. I usually take about the whole month of December off, and it drives my daughter not so much, but my boy, it drives him nuts when dad's hunting and he's at school. <laughs> So you said before, and another thing you said before we started rolling, the the seasons have gradually gotten tougher and tougher where you are. It seems to be a common theme here on this podcast for whatever reason. No winter. Yeah, no winter. That that's the number one aspect. I mean, we're we're far enough north. You're always going to get some birds. Mm-hmm. I mean. That's a given. You're going to get them. We're eventually going to get them. Just some years you get them soon. Some years you don't get them till way late. Another thing that has really attributed to my area is the hunting pressure. Man, it, it, there's people out there every day. They do not get a rest. They, the mud motors have come so far that them birds, they, they got to be in those little tiny creeks we were talking about earlier because Every other body of water, there's a boat driving through it every day. Yeah. There's a couple styles of hunting that goes on in this area that have made it tough and kind of seems to have changed the number of honkers that we get in this area. A lot of guys like to lay out boat hunting. That's fine. I'd have no problem with it early season when this 20-mile-long reservoir is open. You want to go in there and bust the roost up every day? jump a couple thousand geese to kill four your your partner to kill eight in total you want to do that every day that's fine them birds can go somewhere else i have a problem with it later in the year when the whole reservoir is pretty much frozen up 
and these guys will go in and bust the roost, and it's a seven-day-a-week problem. Yeah. Somebody coming into your bedroom every night and waking your ass up, and you ain't going to enjoy it. No, I'd, I'd be finding another house to live in. Absolutely. So, weather and pressure, it. We still do good. We still do well, but you think about definitely. You think about where you're living at right now in Pocatello. What was the population there in 1960? Probably pretty damn small, and yeah, really, we, yeah. We, we've overpopulated this whole fucking rock and, and everywhere. Do you think there's anybody in Canada that hunts? It's like, boy, I love these no winners, <laughs> you know, because we got all these birds here now and they don't leave. Because you know yeah. they've got to be. They've got to be seeing the good side of it. Absolutely. I I think I had talked to you a couple months ago, Jeff. My brother-in-law flew a helicopter out of Pocatello, Idaho, to Alaska in January. And I asked him to pay attention to where the ice line was and where true winter was. And if, it's been a couple months, but I... I'm pretty sure I remember him saying about 40 miles north of Calgary, Alberta, is where the ice line actually started in January. Wow. He said all of northern Montana, all of southern Alberta was just littered with birds. And this is coming from a hunter. This isn't coming from a helicopter pilot. Like, right. He's looking at birds, seeing and knowing what's going on. I've got your number. 1960 was 28,534 in Pocatello, Idaho. 26,534. I just looked it up also. You're a little off. You're a little off. But regardless, that's what I mean. Y'all's population has doubled since then. And probably the suburbs around Pocatello have really grown since then. But that area in 1960s, there wasn't near the people hunting there that there is now. And the mud motors, you made a big comment on that. You didn't have the means to get out there to fuck with those birds. Yep. And I guess, Absolutely. I guess that they had they have they run a lot of jet boats where y'all are at. Yep, tons. Do they have that back in the day too? They've they've had jets. You mainly need a jet for a lot of the areas around here. That's that's the boat that we run. I don't own one, but one of my main hunting partners. That's that's what he runs. The the mud motors that they do all right here, but for the most part, it's rock bottom. So. They work well in a few areas, but other areas, they really don't benefit you much. But regardless, the boats are making it into places that they weren't. Yeah. No, earlier. That's like they're using, in Salt Lake, they're using using, uh, airboats. The same things they're using in southern Louisiana. Well, I bet you didn't see a damn airboat in 1980 around Salt Lake City nowhere. And now those guys, and they're running some big-ass airboats there. We, we, we're, pretty, we're, pretty hot topic around our area. They were running them for the last two years in our area. And I mean, I would, I'd be a mile and a half out in the marsh from, from a ramp. And I shit you not, it was like turning that key and that big motor and how loud them were. There'd be ducks flushing up everywhere, clear out around me that far. Them things are so loud. They actually kicked them off the reservoir this last fall and then they outlawed them. So, so it kind of seemed to help the hunting somewhat as far as putting pressure on the birds is not having them loud-ass boats running everywhere they wanted, you know. Well, I mean, you got it. The birds have to have a place to rest and feel comfortable to stay in that area. If, they, if everywhere they park their ass, fields, water, everywhere, 
they're getting fucked with, it's not going to take them very many seasons to go find somewhere else. I mean, they have to have a safe haven. Yep, absolutely. That's another thing, too, with the, the field hunker hunting around here. A lot of guys, they'll see 15, 20 big birds go sit in that field for one day. There'll be a spread in it the next day. It's the craziest thing I've ever seen. Over 15 I mean, or 20 birds. Daily What's that? Over 15 or 20 birds in a field. That's enough to go hunt it. Oh, yeah. For some people. <laughs> it's th- crazy, man. And then a lot of people, one thing that I've been taught since I was young and getting to really kill a lot of, fortunate enough to go on a lot of hunts and kill quite a few birds is managing birds. You, you have 2,500 Canada's sitting in a field. Don't go out there and spend all day the, the, the first day you hunt it mm-hmm. trying to kill them extra two. Kill your shit and get out of there. Let them birds get in there and just and just keep pecking at them. You know, you'll get some good shoot, shooting out of it. But that's one thing I see around here quite often is there'll be an X build and a guy will call everybody that he knows just trying to shoot a big ass pile and that's great. Everybody loves shooting a bunch, but why not try to squeeze it for all it's worth? This kind of the mentality that I've always had growing up. I, I saw that in Oklahoma this year. I saw a, a field that some guys were hunting a field, so the birds landed in another field. And there was three outfitters circling around it, and I saw them land in it. And I thought, some, some asshole's going to be hunting that tomorrow, and they're going to get fucked. Sure enough, boy, that next morning there was a spread set up there. There wasn't a bird even went over there. They don't let the birds set anywhere. If those birds would have went in there for two days, you'd get a hunt out of it. But they were there because the places they wanted to go. Well, the next day, there was nobody hunting where they wanted to go. Those birds went to where they wanted. And them fuckers sat there and watched the birds fly about three miles away all morning. And, and, and I knew it was going to happen. But it's the same thing. There's such pressure to get on the place to hunt that you go and try to lease a place to hunt for that morning. Let the birds get used to a place a little bit. And I know sometimes we don't always have that option. But the birds never get comfortable anywhere. And, you know, like you said, we do that with peanut fields here. Because once our peanuts are gone, we're done. So we have to try to manage that also. But there's a lot of times we'll be done hunting real early and get our shit out of the field so the birds will get back in there and get comfortable again. Because if you shoot birds at 8 o'clock in the morning, the birds that come in there at 9 o'clock, if you're gone, they don't know nothing got shot out there all day. They just know it's a place to hunt. And we've hunted the same field 15, 16 days in a row. By doing what you said, get in and get out real fast, and those birds get comfortable in there. We will take yep. our picture at the lodge, boys. Yes. Pick this shit up and let's go. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that aspect drives people so nuts. Like, only after the picture, like, oh, we got to do it. And I just remember being 16, 17. I mean, you're, we're close to the same age. The social media wasn't around. Why, yeah. why the hell do we even need that picture? But I just remember my dad saying, you get them decoys in that trailer now. Yeah. And, and, and you and you knew what he meant. Hell yeah, I took a picture on the tailgate and hunted it again the next day, shot another pile. Mm-hmm. Them days are gone. Yeah. It's, you know, for the most part, it seems like people are all after that picture and that's it. Yeah, it's almost like uh, if the picture doesn't happen, well, none of this was worth it. Yeah. We didn't get we didn't get we didn't get our we didn't get our seventy five likes on Instagram. So well, fuck this was this was a giant waste of time. I don't know, man. I've I've got when I've talked about it before on this podcast. I've got such a love hate with social media. I mean, it's it 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 it's a wonderful thing in so many aspects, but it is just it has ruined so many aspects of 
not just not just our life as waterfowl hunters like every aspect of life is different now i mean from you know just, just hot chicks or whatever like you know they're, they're all instagram models now it's just it, it has not just changed waterfowl hunting it's changed everything that we know what would these chicks that hunt that with their takes the shirts their pictures all the big tits and stuff what would they be doing for a living right now if it wasn't for instagram I don't know. Fucking. I mean, you know, seriously. Working at a, I don't know, being a hot nurse or something. Maybe you'd hope. I mean, there's there's some of them girls are real hunters and stuff, but a lot of them don't have a fucking clue what they're doing. But what would they be doing for a living? I mean, seriously, think about that. No, I know, I know. It's like, well, my tits come along at the right time for Instagram because otherwise I would be not doing nothing. Yeah, I don't know. It, All right. It's a weird time, man. It really is. So. I'm just, great. I'm just glad that there are normal people out there like uh, like you that still do it for, for the right reasons. Yeah, man, it it's refreshing. You run into a few people. There's still some good ones out there. The world ain't as fucked up as everybody thinks it is. No, it's At not. At the same time, though, it is. Yeah, you see something every day where you're like, you know, and I since since the election and everything, I've really I've done a good job of like staying off of the news. I've cut back my social media use. And, like, when you do that, you're like, okay, you know what? Everything's not – the sky is not falling like people want you to believe. And then, like, you just run across a, an article and you're like, you know what? We are fucking doomed. This, this is a fucking sinking <laughs> ship. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. It's, it, it, it's, been, it's been a nice break. But um, So, why is turkey hunting new in your part of the world? You, did y'all not have birds for so long or nobody did it? Well – Northern Idaho's had birds a lot longer, and they have some dang good hunting up there. I have family that goes up there every year, and they do really well. Down in southern Idaho, there's a couple draw units. That's actually how I killed my first turkey is I had to apply for a tag, wait wait for the draw to come out and get a go. So there's a few units like that. I think there's probably only eight eight or so in Idaho that are left like that. And there's a bunch of units down here in the corner where I live that were draws and they've made them open hunting to where anybody can just buy a tag and go now. And it's only been like that for probably six or seven years. Right. That anybody can just buy a tag and get a go. Yeah. So, so it's easier to get a tag and go now. Yeah. Now I get a go every year. Right. And that's my wife's favorite thing to do it. As far as hunting goes, she sure enjoys it. So, we're out there after them. It's a great time. I mean, anybody that doesn't turkey hunt, I would tell you to try it at least once. I mean, it, it really, it really, it, you know, because there's so many waterfowl hunters that only waterfowl hunt, but I think turkey hunting will make you a better waterfowl hunter because you start seeing things from a different angle. Maybe your hide's a little bit better. I mean, just, just any time out in the wood is going to make you better at being an outdoorsman. And, I mean, elk hunter, deer hunter, waterfowl hunter, Spend time on other aspects. Just be out outside, and you'll get a clue on how animals react. So, don't box yourself in. Don't be just one. Don't be a specialist hunter like all these, like all these little kids now. Hunt everything. Yeah. Get out there. Be out in the woods. Well, Jordan, yeah, absolutely. We appreciate your time, my man. Keep raising those kids right, and uh, we wish you the best. Well, you got dove season coming up next September. Yep. Yep, September. Well, we actually have an early honker hunt and sandhill cranes that we'll get in on in September also. Do you have a lot of cranes in your area at that time of year? We can. A lot of locals. I mean, you don't ever see them grouped up crazy, but we we have breeding 
pairs here. There will be there will be a couple thousand in the area. I did not know but that. Every, everything's pretty well spread out. What's the limit on sandhills? So you have to you have to buy a tag, and you can buy a total of two per season. But there's a quota, and you better be Johnny on the spot to buy one. Oh shit! So you're only allowed to shoot two per person for the whole early season? For the whole year. Wow. Oh wow. That's what you get. I think there's like 240 total tags, and they split it up into two different hunts. It's the the whole month of December. But you either buy a early tag that goes from the first to the fifteenth, or a late from the fifteenth to the end of the month. But you can only shoot them in December, you said, or September. 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 Now, after September, y'all don't have a crane season no more? Nope, Probably that's don't. it. Probably don't have cranes. Do y'all have them in the winter up there? No, they don't hold out very long. I mean, regular waterfowl season opens, and we'll have sandhills in over right outside of Pocatello for a couple of weeks. And then after that, every, they're pretty much gone. Do you hunt them? I do. I, I think I'm four or five years into killing two every year so far. They're an interesting bird. They're either do it or they don't. Absolutely, yeah. They'll drive you nuts. I mean, <laughs> I'm still trying to figure them fuckers out. That... You're not going to ever. They're like a woman. They're like a woman. Just get your hide right. Just yeah. get your hide right. That's all you can do. Be invisible and pray to God you're where they want to be. Hell yeah. Well, man, we wish you the best this season. We appreciate it. And keep being a great dad. We need more of them out there, bud. Sounds good. See you, bud. Thank Enjoy you. Enjoy it, guys. Uh-huh. We need more dads like that in the world. Absolutely. If you're listening to this, and I know there's thousands of people that do, take your kids hunting. It's not hard. You know, if it's a money thing, you know, you can get stuff or not a lot. You, there, there's someone can help you out there if it's a money problem. Well, in turkey hunting, that's a cheap guy. That's a You don't have to have any decoys. You can get a fucking... I don't even know what a you can get a cheap you can get a slate call from Pacific Calls and you can use the promo code BHP twenty five so you save twenty five percent and I mean you're spending thirty bucks maybe well, on I'm a call. I'm gonna tell you what I've told a parent before, and you. that's all that you you don't have to have you don't have to have decoys. All you gotta have is camouflage, and you gotta be half ass proficient on a slate call, and you're good to go. I have said this more than once in court. If you can afford a twelve pack of beer every day, sure, you can afford to take your kid hunting. Absolutely. Or do something with your children. Take them fishing. Do something with your kids. Get your kids outdoors. I'll tell you right now, you do that, and you won't be chasing them. You won't be bailing them out of jail all the time. Not that I'm not saying kids that hunt don't go to jail, because some of them do. Oh, plenty of them do. But your chances of raising them a better person are a whole lot. You, you, you've increased their odds for that child to have a, a, a successful life. Well, and I think that they're grounded a little bit more. You know, they, they're they're and and this goes with kids. Just get your kids out. Don't let them be iPad warriors. Have them playing sports. Get them accustomed to the feeling of your best not being good enough. That's what you get. I mean, you you go out hunting, and most of the time, you know, it's not going to work out the way you planned on it. And on your deal about which of our rights have we lost? You want to get your ass kicked on this now or later, Jeff? Drones. Drones? Drones. Drones? Our, our country spies on us all the time. You're not supposed to. That's against your Fourth Amendment. Sixth Amendment. You're supposed to be able to confront <laughs> your accuser. You've been, fucking, you've been fucking looking it up. I looked it up. I thought, I know damn well, and I just wanted to look I up have some been, basics. I have been in a conversation, and you've been studying over there. I didn't study. I looked up real quick. You've just, been fucking I studying. Down them. Okay. Drones okay. and confront your accuser. We do that all the time confront now. Confront your yeah. accuser? Yeah, it's your Sixth Amendment. 
What are you talking about? Uh, have you? How many times have you seen our government go to put somebody in jail over a, a, a Trump? Trump's oh. not in jail. No. We went over his big trip over these secret accusers of shit. That's bullshit. We shouldn't have that. If someone's going to say that you did something, you should be able to confront them. What are we even talking about here? The Sixth Amendment. Oh, You're supposed to be able what to... Secret acu- what did they accuse... What, what did I miss? You, are you, you talking about the it. women? All the time you see stuff. The grabbing by the pussy thing? All, all, all the time. It's not just Trump. I'm talking about in general. The media has got... Okay, we've got this... We've got a... Uh, what do they call it? I can't even think today. A... Uh, God damn it. Gather your thoughts, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit you on the drones. Okay? So you you're saying that people... What did Richard Nixon do in the 70s? He spied on people. It's against the law. It happened in the 70s, Jeff. It happened. It happened a long time. It happened 50 fucking years it's ago. It's going on forever, but now exactly. we're using drones all the time. Our government uses a drone all the time. Now, I don't have <laughs> a problem. What? They gather evidence with them, and they're not supposed to. They're not supposed to fly a drone. No, not to gather evidence. No. Who are they gathering evidence They on? do it all the time on drug dealers and all kinds of shit. It's a real fringy Thank gray area. God. I don't have a problem with that. I want them that. doing that to drug dealers. I don't have a problem with them doing it on me even because I don't do nothing. I have nothing to hide about. My point is, is our government, a lot of our rights are being infringed. The Whether guns. you think it or not. The guns. We had a silencer guy on. They've been trying since the 30s to get rid of guns. It's nothing new. That's what I'm saying. None of these things that, 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 that it's, it has, it's not a new occurrence. Can you go buy a gun at Academy right now? I don't think they have any, but you could if they had some. You don't have to fill out a bunch of paperwork and shit and take no, you can get six it hours? Day you can get it the day of. The day of. You used to be able to go buy a gun and walk no, out the can. deal with it. The last handgun I bought, I've not bought a handgun in five years. Mm-hmm. The last one I bought, I filled out my paperwork, and I got it. Okay. That's that's against the the Constitution right there. How? The right to bear arms. And it, I got a fucking gun. But you had to go through a bunch of paperwork and shit. I feel like one piece a, of paper. I don't have a problem with them making sure some psycho's not getting sure, the gun. Sure, and I don't but either. But it's infringing on your rights. It is. Okay. Well, well I there's mean, one right there. So, okay, so the drones are two. And not being able to uh, confront your, your accuser, accuser. That happens all the time. Anonymous sources. Right. And they use that shit. That's, anno- that's, that's annoying. That's bullshit. That you I'll, ought to be able to I do. will. I will concede that one because to you. that is annoying. If I you're gonna, if you're, if you've got the balls, and you see this a lot with Trump, because they, there were all these people, there were all these claims, and I can't think of any off the top of my head right now. And then like Biden, or it was the Russia thing, was what it was. Yeah, it was all fake. It was all fake, and it was anonymous sources the whole way through. So I'll give that one to you. But the media runs with that because they're on the DNC. But payroll. I want to go back to the guns thing because I want to know. This is my this is my main problem with all this stuff is everybody bitches but nobody has a better solution. What is a better solution to keeping guns out of the hands of people that don't deserve them? I don't know that there's I an don't mind to that. filling out paperwork to make sure that a fucking gangbanger who doesn't need a gun isn't going to get a gun. But he's going to get a gun I on do the under, street. And I get that too. And I get that too. But for the people and some People are going to come after me because they always fucking do. But don't just point out a problem to point out a problem if you don't have a fucking solution. What's another solution? Just open it up and let anybody that wants a gun have a gun? Okay, let's do that. If that's your solution, let's try it. <laughs> every, every gun owner in this country that's legally got a gun is being targeted by our government. The because people, they, pre- they play by the rules. That's right, and that's what the problem is. 
But what's a solution? I don't, I don't have one. I told you earlier. Okay, I don't then. have a solution on the gun deal. I think everybody ought to be able to buy a gun if you want one. Everybody. We're going to see that. I don't, I mean, if you're, because the legal people are going to do it anyways. The illegal ones are going to get guns too. Now, maybe we, we're making it too easy on the legal ones by being able to go the same rules the legal ones are doing. I don't maybe know. Maybe we should look at it the same way people are, I mean, maybe you could, because the big thing on the left is let's legalize all drugs. Because if you want drugs bad enough, you're going to go get drugs. So maybe you could just use the same argument with the guns. I don't know. I know. Let's just let anybody that wants a gun have a gun. Because if you're gonna, if you if you're hell bent on getting a gun, by God, you're gonna get a gun. So I, just open it up. I don't think that that we have a real gun problem. We don't have a gun problem. We have a people problem. It's sure. not a gun problem because we got. How many? If we had a gun problem, they would know because there's right. too many guns and bullets here. But the government is using COVID as an excuse to put their thumb down on more things, and I really believe that. They're controlling all these idiots with these stimulus checks. Mm-hmm. I mean, and uh, everybody knew that was going to happen. You start giving away money, and that's going to decrease the incentive to work. I saw, I saw a person at the post office on Thursday in town wearing a mask. Yep. Into the post office. Nobody else is wearing a fucking mask. Even that's, the people that work at the post office, are they wearing masks? Probably so, because you have to on a fe- federal to. building. But nobody else is wearing a mask. Everybody's going in and that thing, and nobody says in. But she wears a mask every time I see her. And, and that's thinking, her right. That's right. But she also what is a Democrat. She mm-hmm. watches the news. She thinks that she is saving her life by going in there with that mask on when nobody else was wearing one. Right. Nobody. And it's people like her, though, that believe everything that gets sent down the pipe. Because I know the lady. What is it, less than 300 people a day are dying from COVID it, it's, it, Yeah, but she but she thinks that we're all going to just drop dead and goes home in a house and seals herself in a house. She don't work. She don't do shit. She's getting a check. But she buys into all that shit. Right. And the government has got their thumb on them people right there. Sure. And, Absolutely. And they're using COVID as an excuse. Absolutely. And I hope you're right on the federal land. But I think I just gonna, don't think if they if they didn't do it during COVID, I don't think that they're going to do it. I don't think that they're going to have. The, I don't think that they're going to have the excuse to do it. It would have been super simple with COVID. Like nobody on any any federal property it's of a, any sort. It's a different administration now, well, and that's what scares me. We'll see. They're looking for an excuse to try to manipulate and control more people, and it's going to happen more and more. I mean, why is our border open? Yeah, I mean, if it if it's that dangerous, if if it, if it spreads that that bad, I don't I don't know. I mean, it's where our Texas border right now. If you don't live in Texas, Swiss cheese. it's horrible. It's yeah. absolutely horrible. It's a it's a clusterfuck down there. And how in the world that somebody just doesn't get up and say it is humanitarian? It's a humanitarian issue that this border. We need to close this border, and it needs to stay closed because the way that these people are coming over, it's terrible. The way that they're treated from the time that they leave Central America, Mexico, or wherever they're coming from, they're raped. They're beaten. There's six-year-old kids that are making this trek. It is, it is, it's terrible the all, way that they're getting treated. And it, and it all started when Biden took over. You can say what you want to, but that started. I'm not saying we no, didn't have a problem the before. Has been there for decades. But no, 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 it has been. But it has not. Nobody like wants it is to now. fix it. But, but I don't understand how somebody can be a human rights advocate and then look at the way that these people are getting treated on this on this trip over, and think that it's okay. It, it, it wasn't like this 10 years ago. It wasn't like this five years ago. Nothing like it is now. We've had problems there. We've had little surges, but nothing like it is now. When, when, when Trump got in there and got things going and they started building the wall and they got the rules, they quit coming because they knew they couldn't get across. Right. So the drug cartels weren't making money off of it. They've never had it like it is now. It's absolutely horrible because those people are being told it's okay. 
Yeah. I mean, God, but is, the, is their government telling them that? I think Somebody, so. I mean, how are they getting the message? Somebody's got to tell them, like, hey, America's back open again. They're, they're fucking internet. Go. You can look in, in. But is it their government? Is is it the Honduras government? The you, Honduran government that's have, telling them? You have Instagram and Facebook and Snapchat. Someone gets on there and says, hey, they're, they're letting you over now. And so it just start, just multiplies. Right. And you get a Joe Biden t-shirt and a Kamala Harris coloring book if you're a kid. I mean, does Me Too movement count anymore? Only against conservatives? Poor, poor Caitlyn Jenner. Uh, th- th- she's been transphobic by, now. Yeah, yeah she, she don't fuck? like transgenders now. That was the article that I saw where I was like, you know, because I do. I stay If I can stay off of social media, I stay off of social media. And I saw that come across, and I'm like, where the fuck are we at? That a trans person is now considered transphobic because she, he doesn't think that, 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 that trans men should be able to participate in girl sports. That's, Are you fucking kidding me? That's right. <laughs> and here's an Olympic gold medalist. Oh fuck! I'm I'm rooting for her. I am too. I'm, I'm rooting sh- for her. I hope Shim wins it all. I do. I hope that fucking Newsom guy because he that's Pelosi's nephew, isn't it? Newsom. Yeah. Yes. No matter what happens in California, I now, hope Caitlyn Jenner is the next governor of California. I do too. And regardless, California's going to get a governor with no balls. Who? I mean, is anybody else? Is it just Caitlin and, and Newsom? I've not paid ha- enough attention. I don't attention. have a clue. I know. I know. I know. Jenner's in and uh, Newsom. Now, listen. If there's a if there's a better uh, if there's a better there's person, not nobody going to have a chance of winning as a conservative other than a man wearing a dress. That's the best chance. No, I, in California I, of I a agree. man winning. Arnold Schwarzenegger and Caitlyn Jenner. Arnold Schwarzenegger was a horrible governor. <laughs> he was a Republican though. But he was a dumbass. Rhino probably, but oh, big time Rhino. Well, he's married to a Kennedy. It's funny. I saw a picture of... So, I guess the sons lived in separate houses. I, li- I guess the sons lived... One lived with the mother and one lived with him. The The son that lived with him is, like, fucking jacked and he works out all the time. The kid that went with the mom, fat piece of shit. Which one was the one dating Molly Cyrus? I think that was Patrick. Is that the one that's jacked so. up? And I don't know the names, I, but oh. Patrick rings a bell to me. God, can you imagine your son bringing Molly Cyrus home? Ugh. She's hot in a trashy way. Oh, she's definitely a trashy way. The all-American Disney girl. Look at the winners they've produced. Her and Britney Spears. Another hot, trashy one. Britney Spears. She she's, her parents fucked her up. She's batshit crazy. That conservatorship. Did you watch Finding Britney or Leaving Britney or whatever the fuck it was? I watched it. Seriously, it's a good show. No, I did not watch that. It's fucked up the way that her parents. I mean, they. What did. was it called? Uh, find, finding Britney. Uh, look on Instagram. Bitches on there all the time, dancing and twirling around with her yeah, fucking crazy eyes. That's all she can do now. She's not. She's not. She. She said, as long as her parents or her dad is her conservator, she's whatever. Not no she's not gonna work. She got plenty of men to live the rest of her life, anyways. She's like Aaron Rodgers. She got fuck you money. But yeah, she said because I idiots. guess I guess he's I guess he's just milking her dry and. Uh, Told the judge, you know all this crazy shit. She's Got worth conservative. She's shit. worth three or four hundred million dollars. How the fuck can you? I just I don't I don't understand where enough money is enough money. I can't imagine using your kids anyways. They have from the time she was six years old. That was they that was she was their ticket to a better life. And me and mom got fucked. Three boys, no talent. Couldn't dance. Not a fucking one of us could dance. So anyway, all, all right. right, we got to get off here. Yep. Peace. Sounds good. Go check out all of our sponsors. Check out Bangtel Whiskey. You don't even have to go to the liquor store anymore. Check out Goose Creek Retrievers, Gundog Outdoors, Pacific Calls. They got a promo code. Blind Grass, Dive Bomb Industries, Boss Shot Shells, Dirty Duck Coffee, Lucky Duck, 
Looking Glass Duck Club, and Stanfield Hunting Outfitters.